0: Ah,
1: the French. For what, reason? what is the charge? Eating a meal, a succulent Chinese meal. I'm here, Papa. Yippee-ki-yay, mister Falcon.
0: First listen to the man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. Or it's nine months later. Father!
1: If you don't mind my
0: saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. I'm Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. Armando, what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Branson. Still tight. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Recording from the top of the fair's wheel at the Smogville World's Fair, this is the World Champion Podcast. My name, Brighton. My name's Sean. We are two distinguished gentlemen of discerning opinion who signed a bad contract with the Smogville World's Fair. Our mission is to create the greatest podcast, the world champion podcast. We do so by talking good, talking fast, and talking true about the only things we truly understand, obscure and forgotten pop culture. Welcome to episode
1: 52! 52. We're talking 52 almost consecutive weeks. Mostly consecutive. Mostly. This is a Joe
0: DiMaggio-like streak. So that makes this... Except for the breaks. This makes it our one-year anniversary. This is our one-year anniversary. Never mind any dates. Dates. Right, right. Calendars can be manipulated. Calendars can be rigged.
1: And time is relative. Time doesn't exist. But, besides all that, I have a gift for you. Oh, it's a gift. You're to me
0: or the listeners? No,
1: you, Brian. Oh, thank you. Oh, wonderful. And I think it's going to shock the world. <laughs>
0: oh, what All is right. this? All right,
1: describe what you're what Okay, your gift you, is.
0: you have handed me an envelope, a postal envelope addressed to you. In the, it says Sean Ferris wheel. I take okay, the good. card out first. Okay, I've got a card here. I, oh, my God. <laughs> holy shit is this gonna make me so happy I think you, it will holy cow okay I, uh, enamel pins are all the rage they As are you the know. rage I have a bunch on my denim jacket mm-hmm. it's too cold to wear that now the Shockmaster, <laughs> who you're gonna hear right now cause let's just launch on into oil boys okay so you're the man that rules the world you've ruled the world hard enough get ready come on you want a piece of me come and get me the Shockmaster, the most spectacularly failed wrestling gimmick of all time, right. wherein they promised the debut of a new character that would uh, shock the world. Mm-hmm. What happened was they took a big fat guy, gave him a floor-length furry vest, <laughs> took a Stormtrooper helmet, and painted it in glittery silver. A literal Stormtrooper helmet from Star Wars. He... his. His debut, he was supposed to come blasting through the wall. Like Kool-Aid Man. Like just, Kool-Aid Man. Just bust through the wall. And instead,
1: he, he tripped, and his helmet fell off. Yeah, so he breaks through the, the wall, falling, falling through the wall. Helmet rolls across the floor.
0: His voice had been pre-recorded, So while he's crawling around on the floor, this big, fat shirtless guy in a furry vest, trying to put his helmet back on, his voice is already going... <laughs> Or no, it co- doesn't it go in late? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So then he stands up so and he's starts, pointing. like, he's pointing. He's
1: pointing and nothing's happening. Yeah.
0: And Psycho Sid is losing his mind. Yeah. He does not want to deal with the Shockmaster. Anyway, this is a beautiful Shockmaster helmet pin. Some people might think it's just a Stormtrooper. But by, oh, man, it's... Like, opaline.
1: Yeah, well, I felt like it was win-win, because worst case scenario, you're going to be happy just to have a Stormtrooper helmet.
0: Yeah, sparkly, turquoise-colored. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Wow, thank you so much. Yes. I, I really didn't get you anything.
1: That's fine. I wanted to commemorate the episode. I felt like it was a special occasion. And I felt like it would be a treat just to even hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like our wonderful listeners. It it was a gift to them as well. Yeah, they're loving it. Describing a 30-year-old wrestling segment. (laughs) Now, do you know what's interesting about that segment? I watched it recently when I ordered that pin for you. Yeah. And it really was a time where everyone was screaming. Yeah. And and was this all... This was all macho man and, and like... Like who... Or, or it's Everybody, Ultimate Warrior. It must ultimate have been warrior. Ultimate Warrior. must have been a big influence. Because in this scene, everyone is screaming at the same time. Uh, yeah. When they're about, like, Sting is literally screaming over everyone else to try to get everyone's attention. And they're
0: all in, like, this fake living room together. <laughs> I, it's funny, too, because that's kind of the classic. Like, if you ask someone who has never watched wrestling to do an impersonation of a wrestler, that's exactly what they're going to do. Just screaming. They're just going to start screaming like, you think you're tougher than me? Mm-hmm. Sunday night, I'm going to beat you up. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Man, it, God, maybe I could be a wrestler. That was actually pretty good. Pretty good promo. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's really not quite like that anymore. No one mm-hmm. just screams. There's a lot right. more sarcasm. Yeah, it really is. There's a lot is. of sneering and sarcasm these days in wrestling speeches. And,
1: and, and backhanded compliments. Yeah. Where it's a, an, an insult, a clear insult. Yeah. yeah, that's... I don't know. I get does, does anyone really scream?
0: <laughs> I can't think of any of any modern screamers. <laughs> that's too
1: bad. It's kind of a shame. Someone should do that. We They're...
0: need at least one guy screaming incoherently. There should be a character who is just a throwback 80s wrestling mm-hmm. fan who became a wrestler somehow. Yeah. And that's his character and he wears like you know, the neon. neon outfits and the feather boas. And, and the, the little uh,
1: fringe hanging off their yeah.
0: shorts. And then just screams. And they, at have everybody. To, and they have
1: to be on steroids. Yeah. They have Very have, puffy. They, they have to be real puffy. You watch that steroids era of wrestling, and they are insanely strong. Yeah. Like, they're, it's hilarious that I guess they look like baseball players. And once you look like baseball <laughs> players, you know there's a problem. Yeah.
0: That's, that's the benchmark for right. overdoing it.
1: Yeah. Well, when a wrestler starts looking like a baseball player, then you're like, whoa, whoa. whoa
0: dial it down a yeah, bit here, there, buddy.
1: something's not adding up. This is There's
0: some drugs. Um, so the Royal Rumble was this past weekend, but this week, by the time this episode comes out, which will be... Like hours after hours yeah. from now,
1: mere mere hours from yeah. from now,
0: we'll be uh, about two days away from attending a WWE live event here mm. in Smogville. Yes, on the front row, we will be front row, front
1: row center.
0: We're gonna get sweat on us. I'm hoping Kevin Owens yells at me. Right. Um, I'm gonna,
1: I, I want to wear some sort of costume because famously, I'm, I'm
0: glad because that's what I was going to bring up.
1: Your brother famously wore a wizard costume and it was on Raw, right?
0: No, it was uh, TNA. T- oh, was it TNA? But it was uh, when AJ Styles was there. Ah. So TNA is uh, basically. It's WWE. How do we describe it? Where
1: they don't drug test you.
0: Yeah, and it's, uh, it's off brand. Yeah, very low budget, very low rent. It's very much um, well. It's
1: like Doctor Pepper, and then what's the? That's a good way to describe the, what, Dr. The, Dr. it. Doctor Bold. Doctor is Doctor Bold? It's like Doctor Bold. Yeah, so it's like the Doctor Bold version of Doctor Pepper. Yeah, <laughs> it's still they're still doctors, but it's not quite the prestige of Pepper. Yeah,
0: but and and he said that they made the it was a TV taping, and they made everyone in the arena move to be on the other side of the camera. So, so it looked like a full arena when it was basically empty, but for maybe hundred people, including my brother in a wizard costume, who is constantly on TV freaking out. And it's amazing in a wizard costume. Yeah, yeah. I bought, it's on YouTube, right? Uh, or, did you, or did you just send me a video? No, it was on. I, no, it's on YouTube, and it, the picture of him as a wizard maybe is on a Wikipedia page for something weird somehow. So right now, here's my idea. Yeah.
1: I want and I and I previewed it at the Royal Rumble event when we got together and watched it. I kind of want to wear head to toe purple, That's like a Macho nice idea. Man, because I have a Macho Man shirt. I have purple uh, tights. I don't know how you <laughs> describe them. They're like they're pretty much tights. They're like those jogger shorts, but real thin, <laughs> or jogger pants. I mean, yeah,
0: joggers. I haven't heard that phrase in a while. And
1: then I'm thinking of uh, maybe a purple bandana.
0: <laughs> yeah, So, and you'll just be purple Superman. I'll be
1: purple Macho Man fan.
0: Yeah. I, I was thinking there's a wrestler whose gimmick is that he likes ska music. That's right. Which is also my gimmick. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't even have to stretch too far to dress like is him. He gonna
1: be, uh, no. he is he going to be? No. He should be. He's oh, on, yeah. he's on it's, Raw. It's so a Raw one, right? Yeah.
0: Uh, okay. That's Sami Zayn, who skanks into the ring. And I really wouldn't have to make too many modifications to my day-to-day wear to wear his costume. But it also seems weird to wear a costume of someone who is successful, and several years younger than you. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, now you're into the quandary of most Americans that are sports fans. Yeah, that's true. Think about the average American football fan wearing a jersey of someone 20 years younger than them.
0: Oh, boy. Their their hero
1: is a child. Yeah. My hero hero is 25 years younger than me, like (laughs) most people looking up to to younger
0: people. I just wish I could be like him, (laughs) fresh out of college. (laughs)
1: Uh, they are my heroes. I wish I that's yeah. now that I think about it. That is my hero being so, fresh out
0: of college. Maybe I'll wear my yeah. Maybe I'll wear my sky outfit and try to snag a high five. All right, and per- I have a really good mixtape I could try to give him too. A really good mix CD if he wants to you know, like, "Hey man, hey, come here. Let's chat Do for it. a second. I made you a CD of ska music." Maybe he'll
1: take it on the way out. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean well, I've got a couple other things. I have a Dracula cape. Okay. So maybe I could incorporate that somehow? Yeah, I don't see why not. I have a zombie pirate costume which is pretty good. Do you still have your Alvin and the Chipmunks Alvin? I only have thing? Si- I only have Simon, I think. <laughs> that's fine. Which is which no, it's not fine because I wore it's basically you're a big fleece blue monk. So so Simon has only Alvin has a letter on his Oh, outfit. that's right. So when I wear it without it, I'm basically wearing a turtleneck dress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's just weird.
1: <laughs> yes, and you're not, and people, I went to a party one year without Alvin or Theodore, <laughs> and people were saying, are you Shrek? Which I don't know where that came from. And then, and then I got Smurf a lot. Are you a Smurf? No, no that's not accurate at all. Both
0: of those people wear suspenders, I believe.
1: Well, I guess I could be wearing a Smurf skin robe, which, is, which makes me almost like a satanic gargamel, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. God, maybe I should do something like that. Yeah. Little Smurf skins. Like, you've skinned all the little Smurfs and then sewn them into this, this like, uh,
0: who's oh, that guy? Ghastly.
1: Who's the guy that sewed skin? I guess- uh, Ed Gain? Was it Ed Gain? Yeah, Ed Gain. So it'd be like this ghastly gargamel, psychopath, Smurf skin, turtleneck dress.
0: I think that segues very nicely into our next segment, which uh, doesn't have a name, and we weren't planning on it. But for some reason, well, we, you discovered that He-Man and the Masters of the Universe is on Netflix. Yes. And watched it for some reason, and I watched it too. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I am Adam. I became the mighty Battle Cat, and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, at Arms, and Orko. Together, we defend Castle Skull from the evil forces of Skeletor.
1: I... Well, I was actually looking for Thundercats, if I want to be real
0: honest. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I was
1: thinking, where's Thundercats? And then I couldn't find it, but that was a, on there, a suggestion. And I loved He Man.
0: Yeah, He Man. I, I think anyone listening knows who He Man is, but if not, it was a toy line from Mattel in the 80s of, again, a, a very oily muscle man. We like him. We like
1: our, our muscle man oiled and animated or real.
0: Yeah, he's, he's, just a, he's a guy with a blonde page boy haircut and furry panties, Mm -hmm. and some sort of bandolier iron cross situation. You know, really bizarre, frankly. Uh, The character design in that is really weird. Well,
1: I read the Wikipedia while I was watching it. Oh, good. And so, from what I recall, it was late at night, but He-Man has been almost in this constant lawsuit with the Conan
0: property. Oh, of course.
1: And once I heard that, I was like, wow, yeah. Yeah. A tan yet... I guess uh Conan has dark hair, but he's a tan guy with dark
0: hair. Tan mm-hmm.
1: muscle man with dark hair. He-Man is a tan muscle man with blonde hair.
0: Oh, and Conan's always portrayed as a page with a page boy haircut too.
1: He kind of is. So all they did is bleach Conan's hair. Yeah. And the more I watched it, he he's not at all like Conan though. I've read a few Conan books. Yeah. And he acts much more like if Captain America got trapped in Conan's body. Oh, that's
0: exactly it. But was kind of smug. Yeah, he's totally smug and square.
1: (laughs) He's kind of condescending, but he's also got this total Captain America, eat your
0: vegetables, Yeah, don't, you know, look both ways before you cross the street. I couldn't believe watching this. Um, So it it was really cool for kids because it was like, Took sort of some Star Wars ideas and then put them in a medieval setting. Right. So even though it's a barbarian with a sword who lives in a dark castle, there's also like spaceships and laser guns.
1: Right. And it was also big into, I, I feel like it was a, the perfect time for uh, Dungeons and Dragons was just really yeah. getting huge. Yeah. And it also really, do you know what it reminded me the most of is Thor, because oh, it, yeah. it's a fantasy setting with very science fiction, at least the Thor movie. Yeah. Because Eternia and all their technology is very, very, it is, it's very sci-fi and futuristic.
0: Yeah. So, I, w- I, I was so uncomfortable watching this. You Why? you enjoyed it? I loved it. I just, man, I don't remember it being so weird. Uh, I, I'm just... Disturbed by low production values in general. Is it low, though? It kind of felt like. I mean, the animation is not what. It's no Pixar. The animation I, I mean, it loved, is nineteen eighty three.
1: I loved it. it. It had. I think it might have been rotoscope. It, some of it
0: definitely was. Some of
1: it looked too. It looked so human. Yeah. That like when someone would roll or they have a lot of shots of, of either Skeletor or He Man or someone rolling on the ground, running and rolling. Yeah.
0: But well, the looked, opening scene when he reveals his transformation to He-Man is definitely rotoscoped.
1: Yeah. I love that transformation because it's so familiar to me, and yet I I, I remember how intense I thought He-Man's scream was when I was, like, <laughs> five years old. Yeah. And watching it again, I was like, wow. Because he goes, by the power of Greyskull,
0: <laughs> I have
1: the power! And <laughs> it's, it, it's amazing, it's, yeah.
0: It's intense. Yeah. I, I, the rest of the time, I never... I guess I didn't realize or didn't remember, his voice, for some reason, echoes. Yeah. And it's weird because he's it's very cool. dull and very soft-spoken.
1: No, when he's, at, when he's Prince Adam?
0: No, when he's He-Man, his oh, voice okay. echoes. No, even when he's He-Man, he's like, come, Battle Cat. <laughs> this is the work of Skeletor. But his, yeah. his voice is so echoey. Man-at-arms, disable the ship.
1: It makes him sound powerful, though.
0: Yeah. It works. Um, this is, it's very sexy. Yeah. Like, I mean, the women are very sexy, but I even noticed, like, they kind of, they were, like, Eva Lynn and Tila were always thrusting their bosoms out. Really? Like, not just, like, that's how they were drawn, but, like, they would move Uh in such a way as to be like, hey. I would make the argument that
1: He-Man is the sexiest one of all. Well, (laughs) the naked man? Based on his outfit, which is furry underwear, and then uh, basic, uh, what are they, suspenders crossed over. Just to cross your suspenders. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I wonder, and I was too young, but I wonder how many uh, Generation Xers' sexual awakenings goes back to He-Man.
1: God, I think mine might actually. Either way,
0: uh, <laughs>
1: here's something I have a question about, though. Yeah. Before we get into the episode, oh, so Cringer is his ye- uh, yellow and green tiger that's, yeah. a, that's a coward, but can talk. Mm-hmm. What actually happens? when he's transformed because he-man when he's prince adam he he's a lot like bruce wayne he's like i'm right he knows he's he-man and he does this weakling like oh or no it's more like clark kent
0: totally yeah
1: it, it's he's like wow well, guys oh sorry i'm late i was out i slept in again and then king randor chews him out but secretly he was out fighting skeletor so it's it's very much this clark kent thing so when he transforms into he-man what what's happening exactly? Because he's already super buff. He's getting this super invulnerable power. It it doesn't it doesn't seem to transform his personality as much. But Cringer is this coward, this coward tiger. He Man zaps him with the sword laser. Suddenly, Battle Cat not only transforms into a bigger, stronger, armored a uh, tiger, but he's he's brave. Suddenly, he's kind of a badass.
0: Yeah. So does his. Does Cringer, like, is it a m- multiple personality situation? I kind of think Does so. Does Cringer, like, kind of disappear to the back corner of his mind and then Battle Cat takes over? Yeah,
1: that's, that, sounds, that sounds about right. Maybe, it sounds plausible. Maybe the power of Skull affects people differently. Yeah. Like, He-Man already was brave. He just didn't have invulnerability and super strength. I mean, Prince Adam's already brave. Like, the personality's not going to take much of a transformation. Yeah. But definitely, Cringer has some kind of weird split personality situation going on.
0: Who coward? I'm just reading his Origin. A beam shot from the sword and struck Cringer who suddenly grew twice the size and gained red body armor and a vicious growling voice. His attitude changes too. He-Man was shocked to see the change in the usually timid cat. Right. That really doesn't explain what, uh, what goes on there.
1: It's a question I had. It, it's the power of Greyskull. We can move on.
0: Yeah. The episode, they're, they're, Skeletor is trying to harness the evil power of the cosmic comet, mm-hmm. which I guess that cosmic comet distinguishes it from those land comets <laughs> that are just called rocks. Maybe
1: comets that don't have a lot of magic power.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this wizard shows up, who I, I don't think I've ever seen before, and he's, he's, he's got that Wally Gator voice.
1: Yeah.
0: Hello. Uh, I'm a wizard. Let's think. oh, the power of the comet. <laughs> It's not even the same voice as, as Wally Gator. It's, it's actually the voice of He-Man is doing a, an impression of, of Wally Gator, apparently. Was that, is that the Wally Gator, the old Hanna-Barbera character who talks like that.
1: That's the voice actor of He-Man?
0: Yeah, it's the same voice. Really? Yeah.
1: Really? I just found out that, that Rick and Morty are the same person. Oh, I didn't know that either. It's the same person.
0: Yeah, that'll, that'll happen. These voice actors, man. They're talented. They're so talented. I guess that's why
1: they are voice actors. They can do voices. They're so, boys, they're so good at voices. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, what, what, and he's, like, scared to do something, right?
0: Yeah. So the, I don't remember also that it, it would end with a lesson. I love Where the that. character's no, talking like to the it's, camera. And it's it it like ends, G.I. Joe. Yeah, and it ends with a uh, man-at-arms telling you to believe in yourself. And don't give up.
1: The second one is about Don't Let Strangers Molest or Murder You.
0: Oh, that's Fr- good. From Orko. Oh, boy. Orko is obviously an inspiration for Charge Our Banks.
1: All right, yeah. Let's talk about Orko. What is he? <laughs> he besides a floating turtleneck dress. He, yeah, oh, yeah. He
0: wears a turtleneck dress, and he's maybe a ghost wizard. He might be the ghost of one of the chipmunks. Oh, he even, he even has a big O on his turtleneck dress. Like Alvin. Yeah. He must Weird. be the fourth
1: brother of the chipmunks that's dead. So
0: he's a chipmunk ghost. Oh, he's even got the... Damn, dude. He's even got the high chipmunky voice. He's got the squeaky, sped-up voice. Oh, my God. I ne- wow, it never occurred to me that Orko's a dead chipmunk brother.
1: Right. Alvin's brother. Oh, Simon. Theodore's brother, yeah. Simon. Yeah.
0: Simon. Uh, no, uh, David Seville mm. must have uh, forgot to water him or something. and <laughs> He died. Maybe that's what the screaming at Alvin's about.
1: Alvin!
0: Orco's dead. dead! Orko's
1: dead! Alvin! Maybe Alvin accidentally killed Orko t- through his, his recklessness. Because Alvin is reckless.
0: Alvin is reckless. Maybe Orko tried to borrow one of Alvin's red turtleneck sweaters, mm-hmm. turtleneck dresses,
1: mm-hmm.
0: painted an O on it. Alvin was so enraged <laughs> that he threw Orko through a window.
1: The dark side of Alvin. That's true. He's spontaneous, but what's the dark side of being spontaneous?
0: Yeah, bad temper. You're you're going to be like quick,
1: impulsive, quick to violence. Alvin killed his own brother, Orko, and now he's a ghost in this nightmarish world. Because Eternia, is that the name of a place?
0: That's the planet. And I guess there's even an episode where someone references their home planet of Earth. It's the second one. The Queen. The Queen. Oh, says, she's from
1: Earth? She's from Earth, apparently. I'm, pr- I'm trying to piece it together w- without actually looking up much about That's it. That's a good idea. I just want to enjoy the ride. So <laughs> yeah. in the second episode, uh, Prince Adam's really late for dinner because he was doing He-Man stuff, and then he's a real big smartass about it. His yeah. answers, and, and then the queen says, he must have inherited my Earthling sar- sense of humor or something like that. Weird. And I was like, Earthling? I'm like, you're not from Eternia? So anyway, it doesn't matter. We're not going to go in. just like the, all the Star Wars expanded universe. I had not, a pretty g- rad we don't have time um, for
0: research. I had a pretty rad Skeletor origin story book when I was a kid. You had one, yeah. Was it a,
1: a, an authorized official?
0: Yeah, it was like one of those hardback little thin books that the kids read. What's his with origin? all these cool paintings? He was a dude. He was like a mad scientist, and he just was a guy with a yellow face. And uh-huh. then he was like obsessed with some sort of forbidden power. Or, like, knowledge. There was, like, a treasure chest full of knowledge, but to open it up was too dangerous. (laughs) A
1: a Pandora's box, if you will.
0: (laughs) Almost, yeah, (laughs) believe it or not. And then he opened the box, and he gained all this knowledge, but then it melted his face Mm. into the skeleton face. So it's uh, pretty creepy. So it's
1: more like the Ark of the Covenant from Raiders of the Lost Oh, totally,
0: yeah, that's what it is.
1: Don't look at the box! It's probably screaming that (laughs) in his Skeletor voice. Well,
0: that was a fun part of the first episode, too, is, like, Beastman and Evil Lynn, his incompetent henchmen. Mm -hmm. And at one point, he's like... That's that, it doesn't work, you boob. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. calls Evil Lynn a boob. <laughs> I can't imagine where that word popped into his head when he was staring at her giant
1: Right, gyrating chest. If yeah. you can gyrate a chest. So Beastman seems I was thinking about it, and he would be kind of terrifying
0: if you really met him. If you met like a giant orange. Have you seen the action figures that were done in like the late '90s that were made like way realistically? Oh, I don't know, like with realistic proportions and stuff. Yeah, the bad guys. Yeah, the bad guys are scary.
1: Well, I was thinking he's very much he's he's a he's kind of the bumbling Roscoe
0: P. Coltrane
1: idiot, right? Yeah, but but if you saw him, he's very much this frightening werewolf man.
0: Yeah, he's a big orange werewolf man with spiked armor and a. And a whip.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the thought came to me when there was a scene in one of the episodes where Battle Cat tackles him, and I was, I was thinking to myself, Beastman can hold his own against Battle Cat. And then suddenly I was like, holy shit, I'm a grown man.
0: <laughs> well, let's move on. Speaking of beasts. Okay. <laughs> Ryan Andersons writes in, hunting mythical beasts, salutations, champions. I'm writing to apologize for bringing the both of you down a bit the other week. I, too, have no interest in being reminded of life outside the smog Wait a minute. This is the son of a bitch?
1: (laughs) This is that son of a bitch that wrote in?
0: (laughs) He's writing again? Skip it. Delete. I did really enjoy the list of best and worst jobs compiled by Dana Miners and 10-year-olds, though. Very funny stuff. To make up for my last letter... Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah. I I don't know if I said this on air, but after we
1: finished recording, I figured out what the best job was. Oh, what's that? It's kindergarten cop. (laughs) Yeah fun. You're around these little kids. You're teaching them discipline. They're saying, like, it's not a tumor to you. And then you're also being brave.
0: You're, you're making the world a better place making, in, yeah. in two different ways. You're enriching the... You're embiggening the souls of the youth, mm-hmm. and then you're busting drug dealers. Right.
1: So part of me thought not just the occupation. Like, on black and white, kindergarten cop just sounds like, you know, of course, that's an occupation. But then yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more of the journey. Because think about... How, you, how Arnold felt at the beginning and then at yeah. the end. So I think that's a great job. A job that made you in touch with yourself, yeah. be
0: more loving, all that stuff. So I'm oh, and changing it. a really it. good point. I'm
1: change, changing it to kindergarten cop is the best job you can have.
0: A lot of people always go to the it's not a tumor line right. from kindergarten cop. The like best, I did. The best line is when he says, I'm the potty pooper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that whole scene's great yeah
0: i love when he says uh, that's
1: like when he, what does he say like that's my car watch it or something and the guy's like i'm gonna watch your car yeah <laughs> well this car right here i'm gonna watch this <laughs> anyway i went to that school it's, it's really have i told that story i went i drove all the way to astoria to go see the kindergarten cop school which is literally from, from salt lake well, I was, I was in Portland anyway.
0: Okay. It's only so like an hour and it's a lovely day. It is
1: three hours from Portland, though. It's three hours? I've been there a couple times. Maybe I don't remember that. Maybe it wasn't that long. It seemed like three hours. Well, so don't, don't quote me. It was it, it's still a trip.
0: I'm telling you that. Well, did you see it?
1: Yeah. And, and I wanted to get out of the car and go take pictures. And then suddenly I was like, again, I'm a grown man. <laughs>
0: Taking pictures of an elementary Taking school? Taking
1: pictures of an elementary school.
0: Well, Astoria is a... Uh, Mecca. It's the Hollywood of the Pacific Northwest because we, we're talking kindergarten cop. Goonies. Goonies.
1: The Goonies house is, you can see the kindergarten cop school from the Goonies house. Yeah.
0: Now I heard they put like uh, tarps up. Yeah, they put tarps up because, yeah, that would get old. Huh?
1: I went there before they did that. I went there probably two years ago. The owners uh. apparently were sick of it, even though they
0: bought the Goonies house. So it, Yeah, it's kind of naive to buy the Goonies house and not expect fat guys to lift their shirts up and dance in front
1: yeah, of them. Yeah, the, it's probably truffle shuffle dawn to dusk. Yeah. But, <laughs> and even when I was there, there was like three other people that had walked up the street to see it's this so house. You know? yeah. not, I wasn't even alone at looking at the Goonies house. So they have now apparently hung huge blue tarps over the whole house, so it's ruined.
0: No, it's not because they're sick of tourists. It's because they're hoarders. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's one of those things where you say when you're going to get reven- revenge, uh, dig two graves. Yeah. Because now mm. they live inside a tarp house. <laughs> right. So their windows are just blue. It's dark. Yeah. It's like living in a cave. So I guess you've ruined it for everyone looking at the house. But you've also, are you l- really living there?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you know what else, Astoria, though? Um, Short-circuit. Really? Okay. Yeah, when he like, parachutes off the bridge. That's right there. That bridge is huge. It's also a Coast Guard museum. Okay. Yeah. It's a All nice right. place. Sweet. It's the best,
1: best job to have also.
0: Yeah. Uh, does Sm- <clears throat> Ryan ask? does Smogville have any mythical beasts or local legends that children and people who own metal detectors might hunt during the summer nights? Oh, we'll get into that. Um, we'll read Ryan's story. When I was a child, there was legend of a malicious leprechaun that lived in the woods behind our neighborhood. During sleepovers, we would routinely sneak out into the woods to hunt the little bastard because this leprechaun would steal money and toys. The only way to get back a toy you lost was to find the leprechaun and shake it until it told you where your toy was. Uh, Needless to say, we never found it. On one such adventure, a visiting classmate did did stab themselves in the leg with a pocket knife while running away from a rabbit that we thought might be the leprechaun. That kind of ended the hunt and illustrated why it's never a good idea to run with a knife. (laughs) That's true. Um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned metal detector because, uh, did you know about this, Sean? I just, uh, I was down at the saloon mm-hmm. and we were talking about this. There's a rumor that Tycho Brahe's nose is in Smogville.
1: Right. I've heard about this. I yeah. was thinking about searching for it myself.
0: Yeah. No, if, if you don't know about Tycho Brahe, he was a Danish astronomer in the 1500s. Um,
1: everyone, what are you even saying that? Well, I know. Yeah, of course he, everyone de- knows you know, who that is. Developed
0: the Tychonic system. Uh, you know, known for his accurate and comprehensive astronomical and planetary observations, um, he was at a wedding dance in uh, 1566. Right, you're implying that our listeners aren't down with the 16th century. Yeah, um, but uh, Mandarup Parsberg, his third cousin, uh, challenged him to a sword duel, um, where he got sold. His, he got his nose cut off. Now, was and that, replaced it with a golden nose. Now, was that to spite his face, would you say? I'd say it probably was. Like, that's probably where the term comes from. No one, it, no, no one knows what they were arguing about.
1: And how impressive for... Who was the guy that fought him? That guy was impressive. Manderup Parsberg. To cut someone's nose off in a duel, that's... Like, people there must have been impressed. <laughs> like, wow, this guy knows his dueling.
0: Yeah, he, he wore a prosthetic nose kept in, pace, kept in place with paste. It's worth a pretty penny, though. I'm on the lookout. Oh, yeah, that golden nose. So, that, so every, I mean, about every day, you see at least one or two metal detector guys getting off the bus mm-hmm. uh, and uh, looking for that nose. I don't More know why it town. came here. That's a, that's a story for another time.
1: Supposedly, it's somewhere in the graveyard or maybe those hills behind the graveyard.
0: Oh, the nose hills.
1: Right. They called it, they named it that, even though no one really knows
0: why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Wait. oh, that's our favorite joke for yeah. the tourists. Right, yeah. right,
1: I was gonna say, I, I
0: like. I when you, want.
1: I want, I want. I want to point that out.
0: When you see the duck bus driving around, mm-hmm. showing people the sights, mm-hmm. um, and then there's in the woods, there's also Bongo Bruno, who oh, don't even say. Yeah, his name, if you man. if you hear bongo drums, that's he's either an escaped, he's either a maniac escaped from an insane asylum. Who plays the bongos. Or there's rumors that he is actually the Easter Bunny's estranged Siamese twin brother.
1: Right. More like a, like some kind of jackalope. Demented. So six feet de- tall. Yeah. Pinkish, maybe.
0: Yeah. And he steals your eggs and replaces them with uh, with deer poop. Right.
1: About the same size as an egg. And so by the time you're eating your breakfast, you you, you like, oh!
0: Oh, no! And then you hear the...
1: Yeah. And those, those bongos that put chills up
0: your spine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a myth. Yeah.
0: So, I haven't been out there. I don't go in the woods at night because I don't want to run into a metal detector guy, and I don't want to run into Bongo Bruno. Right, Stay out of the woods at night. That's, <laughs> that's one
1: of the first things you're taught when you come to Smogville. Oh, yeah. There could be some sort of mythical creature, i.e., escaped mental patient. Yeah. And then Spidora's still
0: out there. Right. Spidora. We, like,
1: I mean, it depends on your definition of mythical because Spidora definitely exists. Yeah, we've seen
0: Spidora. We've she's seen on her. her. She's, she's
1: bit at us. She's, she's hissed at us. You know, so I mean, there's a. I don't know what the myth is. It's not a myth, man.
0: No, that's, science. <laughs> yeah. Science. It's ty- Tychoian. It's Tychoian science.
1: Big money spiders, gold noses, all that, man. Watch out for the bongos. Well,
0: it sounds pretty metal. Right.
1: So that strange noise you just heard lets everyone know that we're doing. Uh, what was this segment called?
0: Blow your speakers! You couldn't hear it. <laughs> I heard it loud and clear in my it, eardrums.
1: Maybe it'll come. Uh, it'll come right now. Well, you. <laughs> Oh, there it is. So, so we've talked a lot about uh, metal in the past. It's been a while, Mm -hmm. but fear not, faithful listeners. I've been listening to metal. I've been trying to do at least an album a week for for, you know every week since we've started this. Yeah, and
0: this segment is your attempt to. It's fifty-two, man. A it's my fifty-second time snob. Yeah,
1: this is my attempt to become a metal snob. One heavy metal album at a time, one week at a time. Fifty-two weeks into this. Business, Yeah, I have talked in the past about Sleep, who made the epic 63-minute album slash song called Dope Smoker. Mm -hmm. Classic, I love it. Well, I was able to go see the guitarist of Sleep in his current band. He's still doing Sleep, but his current band, High on Fire. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is perfect timing because today, as of the recording of this, it's the 12th anniversary of the release of uh, blessed Black Wings or Black Blessed Wings, one of the other. One of one of their albums. So it's pr- it's great timing. I was able to see them. It was like seeing a volcano erupt. <laughs> it was like witnessing a natural disaster.
0: Wow! Because they're so loud and hard they,
1: rocking. Yeah, they are like a co- they're like a <laughs> comet, like like a comet coming down that's cosmic. So, how would I describe them? They they sound like if you took Motorhead and you gave Motorhead some crack maybe and then had Frankenstein play the guitar instead. <laughs> <laughs> they're intense. They're 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 very they're very primal. They sound to me like music a caveman would listen to. Wow. Um, but that being said, Matt Pike is, is an unreal guitar player. He's one of those guitar players that if you went and saw ah. and you were in a metal band, once again, you would say, that's it, I'm done, <laughs> Yeah, I'm out of the metal business, I'm going into real estate, because I would, why even bother? Why even bother being in a band when there's guys out there that are just harnessing... Lightning through their soul yeah. somehow. It's it's just unreal. It was an un, unbelievable show. I loved it. Um, the records rule. They're intense. Uh, and what? And, and I I don't think there's ever been a better name for a band than High on Fire. There's never been a name that describes a band more accurately than that.
0: Hmm.
1: You know how you're you're imagining. High on fire. That's how they sound pretty much.
0: Just volcanoes. Like volcanoes. On, tra- on a trapeze.
1: Yes. I would recommend... Um, their newest one's actually really good. Which is called... Lu- what is it called? Luminiferous or something? Lu- lu- it's- it's like a long, weird word. The album before that is also really good.
0: Luminiferous, you are correct. Luminiferous, and then. And before that, De Vermis Mysteriis. De
1: Vermis Mysterious is awesome. Mysterious. Both of them two were. I's. But, my, two eyes. But two eyes would be Mysterious, right? I guess. That's like a phonetic spelling of, of, of fake Latin words. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Metal loves this, man. I love that Metal loves this epic Dumicus Metallicus. Yeah. You just add that kind of stuff at the end. De verminus
0: what was the second part? De Vermis mysterious. Mysterious. Translates to the mysteries of the worm. Oh really? As something uh some sort of Cthulhu mythos thing.
1: Yeah, Matt, P- Matt Pike's out there. He he's he's like one of those consp- he, every conspiracy there is, he believes in. Like <laughs> a- aliens and the government, like, like everything. If you watch interviews where he's just talking about the world, he comes across like a lunatic.
0: Well, I uh, I, ha- I didn't go to the show, but uh, separate business happened to take me past the venue. Mm-hmm. I guess shortly after it had ended, and he mm-hmm. was just hanging out outside. <sighs> I guess while everyone else Kills was inside me. at the merch booth, he was there. And I knew you were at the show, so I texted you and was like, or I looked him up and was like, oh yeah, that's the guy. And there were just two people like talking to him about how awesome he was. <laughs> he seemed um, he seemed very dude like. What do you mean? Like just kind of like, yeah, thanks, man. Cool. You Glad mean, you liked it. Like Big Lebowski dude. Yeah, like Big Lebowski dude. Kind of like he, not as scattered, but just had that. He seemed really chill and like he's a huge, huge pothead. Yeah, so I mean, that would make sense. That's huh? part of it. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know. He just, I just, I love his guitar playing so much. He ha- he he has such an attention to detail when it comes to the tone of the guitar. It's very dirty it's like dirty and and gritty it's god he's so great i love high on fire so much so i don't know it was it was amazing i've got some i got some cool stuff coming up i got tickets to iron maiden uh in july i've got wow i'm getting i haven't bought them yet but i'm getting tickets to mastodon and death heaven is coming so there's three cool concerts
0: coming up Deaf Heaven's here. They're not a local band? No. It seems like they're here so much. They're doing well. They're they're from San Francisco. Okay. Well, that's cool. There must be a
1: band with a similar name because they're they're doing well. Yeah. They do hipster black metal. Yeah. (laughs) They kind of sound like shoegaze, kind of like My Bloody Valentine as a black metal band. Deaf Heaven's pretty cool.
0: So this venue where we go to a lot of our shows, um, May 9th, what? Kiefer Sutherland. What? You know, country musician Kiefer Sutherland.
1: And it's actually him.
0: Yeah, the picture is him. Like he's like on the beach with an acoustic guitar, and he's making that like classic like guitar player face. Wow. Like the guitar's electrocuting him. That
1: could be cool. <laughs> that'd,
0: be so, that'd be really weird. I think we should go. noted noted drunk. Yes, Kiefer Sutherland,
1: C- Christmas tree tackling, guitar playing.
0: Uh, aer- Pro- probably getting kicked off flights. Airplane
1: I- getting kicked off out of, of Kiefer Sutherland.
0: I think it would be really interesting just for the bizarre novelty of it.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm in.
0: I was a fan of 24, <laughs> yeah.
1: I love Kiefer Sutherland. I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Lost Boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And his whole repertoire. I wonder if he sings the way he talks on the show 24. Do you think it's like a Johnny Cash thing? Oh, a big show. Listen. Well,
0: we have to find this bomb before it explodes. He's, he perfected whisper talking. It's amazing. This is my first song. It's called. Thank you for coming to Urban Lounge tonight.
1: Well, it's the big show. <laughs> That's what he's <laughs> playing.
0: It's a big, big show tonight.
1: <laughs> it's big show. <laughs> That's definitely in, in the set list. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Big show theme. <laughs> I would love it's Like that. Don't don't let, Mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys.
1: <laughs> um, What else? We don't, uh, Oki from Muskogee.
0: Proud to be an Oki from Muskogee.
1: Oh, wait, how about, how about a, a Big Han- show theme Hank point. Williams Jr. Are you ready for some football? Are you
0: ready for the football? Yeah, that's in there. I read it for some football. Maybe it's a medley. He's like, like you know, I, Al style? I used to be on TV. Oh, he's still on TV. He's on uh, Soul Survivor, or Designated Survivor. That's a what pretty is ridiculous it? show. Oh, is, I don't know. Is that he, when the president the,
1: gets killed, he's the guy that's going to be president?
0: He's the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, mm-hmm. and, and the Capitol blows up during the State of the Union address, so he becomes president.
1: That's a, that's a cool name for a band. It was fun.
0: I watched the first episode, and I counted how many times he takes his glasses off or puts them back on, and it was, I got up to 17.
1: Like reading glasses or
0: sunglasses? I has got sunglasses, and he takes them off. Like, sunglasses? No, like, like eyeglasses. Oh. And he's like, listen, I'm the president now. <laughs> so that's what he's going to do. He's going to do a medley of TV songs. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of you might know me from TV. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, you know, pause for applause. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, I had a good time on 24, applause. Oh, he and incorporates he's his
1: a- career into the song medley? And then,
0: yeah, and then he's going to do a medley of TV songs, which includes the big show theme and Are You Ready for Some Football? right. Yeah, that would be cool.
1: Yeah, maybe the Friends song. Yeah, and then he's gonna end <laughs> with that. <laughs> oh, that's gonna bring the and house down. <laughs> so do everybody told you life was gonna be this way? Your job's a joke. You're broke. You're the designated survivor.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, I can't wait. We'll we'll have to report back to you on how this show goes. <laughs> I wonder how much tickets are. I guess we better find out right now, huh? Yeah, why not? Yep, just everybody hang on. While I, well, trust me, we're doing it for you, so we have something to talk about on the show. It's audio Googling. Audio Googling. KieferSutherlandMusic.com. I'll just go there. Um, so you
1: know it's country? Did you say that? It's like old country? <laughs> it's pictures. Just, are, you, are you just making that up?
0: No, they said, uh, they said it was country. 25 bucks. Oh, really? They go on sale tomorrow. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> I'm going to that. Urban okay. Lounge. That's a very small and intimate venue. It is.
1: Yeah. No. I was surprised.
0: Now, actually, a friend of mine texted me and thought he was maybe having lunch next to him the other day. So I wonder if he's here filming a movie. Oh. And then that's going to be... Why not make a little extra cash? Yeah, and then when it wraps, he'll do a show. A little fun money. Yeah. Okay. I bet that's it. I bet he's in town filming. We'll probably run into him all over the place. He's maybe right. looking for the nose. Smogville's not yeah. a big place. So this is episode 52, and um, you've noticed probably since December, we kind of switched our format a little mm-hmm. uh, to really focus on one topic per show, and I think, uh, I think we'll maybe stick with that, but maybe once a month do our classic, you called it a smorgasbord,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I prefer to call it buffet style. Buffet. So maybe uh, every few weeks we're going to do a buffet style where we cover all these We'll important see important things but
1: we'll see we, we do whatever we want it's evolving yeah I was gonna yeah. say I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want Brighton
0: yeah and you know it was a big mistake I think we had with our, our last show is trying to make plans and announce things when we're not good at planning things or sticking to anything yeah
1: even the announcing is not that we're not that great
0: at yeah so but so uh, I think it's time to dip back into a classic segment that's carried over oh boy 20-30 times in a row now mm-hmm. going back to a previous show that doesn't even exist anymore it's true it is the Degrassi Minute This episode is called Making Whoopee. Woo! Yeah. Wahoo! <laughs> that was my, my Jake
1: Lloyd. Is that his name?
0: Yeah, Jake Lloyd. My
1: Jake Lloyd. Whoopie! Dead inside sociopath whoopie.
0: Whoopie! Oh I wonder when the last time someone said whoopie is. That might be one of those extinct slang words. Do you think anyone's done that in the I last... I don't think I, Since that, the 80s? The,
1: unless you're referring to a certain comedian... And alien, <laughs> right. alien Bartender, I don't think anyone has said Whoopi in 30 years.
0: Yeah, probably not since this. Um, so, this is season three, episode 13. I'm, of course, talking about Degrassi Junior High, the Canadian public television show that ran from 1987 to 1989 and is available to watch on YouTube. If you want something that's such poor quality, you can only barely tell that you're looking at human beings. <laughs> It's kind of like trying to watch uh, back when you didn't subscribe to HBO, but you could still go to Channel 6, and it would be all like wobbly. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like watching these on YouTube. I believe you can buy them on iTunes as well. Wow. And there's DVDs if you want to actually dive in. I know. So Arthur, who's uh, pretty much one of our A-list characters on this. This is an ensemble. Every episode focuses on a different character, really. Don't
1: don't they phase out? Older characters and and, bring and then new and ones new in. ones
0: come in and, yeah. and you, you know you'll just see characters in the background here and there. Mm-hmm. But Arthur was is kind of who we started the show off with. He's a pudgy little guy. Mm-hmm. Some of his past adventures are trying to watch a pirated porno he got called Swamp Sex Robots. That's right. Um, calling uh, calling a radio show to ask about his wet dreams and if that made him a pervert. <laughs> um, at the beginning of season three, inexplicably, he showed up in a leather jacket and a gold chain because over the summer, his mom won the lottery,
1: <laughs> and he was checking
0: his stocks.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: So his parents are divorced. He's with his dad now, who's a very uh, if you bought, If you won guy. the lottery, would you buy a leather, leather jacket and a gold chain? For your son?
1: Right. <laughs> or would you request, request that as a son? <laughs> let's, let's say your parents won the lottery. Yeah,
0: because he's he's a he's a pudgy little boy. He's mm-hmm. he's not really one of the cool kids. Mm-hmm. Um he probably asked his mom for a gold chain and leather jacket the way we asked our parents for Jerbo's. Right.
1: <laughs> I I laugh, but I think I would buy a gold chain and a leather jacket if I won the lottery. You mean now?
0: Now. Yeah, of course. Jerbo's... um do they still? They, it looks like they still make them. They still exist. Oh boy! Yeah, they're still really? the same. Holy smokes! They still look the same. They still have the little tag on the crotch. Um, they are. <laughs> these are like Seinfeld jeans. They're high waisted, and uh, very generous, uh-huh. in terms of like plenty of room for you to to move around in there. Now, for your youngins, they're, they're the perfect combination of. They're not like baggy, like a like a like, urban fashion would wear. Mm-hmm. They're just baggy, like, schlubby. Yeah, for you yuggins, please. Yeah, for
1: you younglings out there, Jerbo's <laughs> were the hottest designer jeans you could have when Brighton and I were children. So,
0: go buy some Jerbo's. Yeah, early 90s. These are the same pair I had. Is this vintage? This is the exact same set of pants I got. Do they have a, a, an official website? Two buttons. Is um, this the gerbo website? This is Amazon you got to go to this find out if Gerbeau,
1: the, those could be ret- some kind of, been in someone's closet for 25 years. We've got to find out if Gerbeau, no, actually we don't, I guess.
0: We don't have to do it. Gerbeau.com, and that is G-I-R-B-A-U-D. Merive et Francois Gerbeau. It's there. They are back and more Mad Lane than ever. So they're Mad Lane. What? Is that, does that mean anything to you? What, how is that spelled? Oh, there's nudity on this website. Wait, wait, wait. Mad Lane, like Mad and Lane. Mad Lane? In lane yeah. They're mad, more Mad Lane than ever? They're back and more. Le concept, le rendez-vous, invitation. Wait a minute, is this not in English? En janvier 2015, Marie Renoir, trois <laughs> des langues collectives composed d'argent collaborateur. Partageant ni de communauté de profond. Relancez la marque Marie et François Jobot, Mad Lane, est né, reference première à la Madeleine de Proust. The folly creative de Marie de François Jabot l'esprit out of the box de la marque les concepts boutique de collectif Manline. Okay, it's in,
1: it's in let's French. Let's talk. Let's top talk francs. How many francs are we talking for a <laughs> pair of Jabos? I'm How talking many? top quality Jabos. I'm uh-huh. willing to spend francs all over the place. Um, pounds. I got pounds. I got penny for your pounds. I, I got don't. It all.
0: Okay, there's there's something coming on December fifteenth, two thousand sixteen. So that was a, their website hasn't been updated in a few weeks. <laughs> on Amazon, they're going for about sixty. They are very ugly and unflattering jeans. But man, yeah, did I I I feel like I cried to get Drabos. because I was so unpopular. I was like Arthur. I was such a dork. You needed that. And I needed those Drabos to to boost me up.
1: You needed that. Uh, what's the word?
0: I didn't really cry.
1: You needed a gold chain leather jacket. You needed that, the spirit of that. It's not, you didn't literally need it. You needed the equivalent, which were Jerboe's in in your case. We actually uh,
0: talked about this before the show, but I had Jerboe's shorts Mm -hmm. that one side of them were purple and white striped, and the other side were turquoise and purple striped. Mm, Like a a cross-color situation. Yeah, and I probably would wear them with a hyper-color shirt, Mm -hmm. Charlotte Hornet's attire. Glowing, glowing armpits.
1: Dark (laughs) blue shirt. Light blue armpits. Is oh, the, uh,
0: the hyper color? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, my hyper color never quite worked.
1: You just can't wash them, right? I think you can't. Yeah, I think you if can't you wash dry them, them, them once,
0: it ruins them. Yeah,
1: you have to just wear them. And you know how you can wear T-shirts over and over, and they don't get stinky.
0: Right, just wear them every day, especially when you're a, a pubescent child. Right. <laughs> Fine. When,
1: when you're basically doing the human equivalent of transforming into a werewolf. Why not just wear a shirt that you can't
0: wash? Hypercolor shirts, again, for you youngins, were shirts that... Uh, it's younglings. Younglings. Yes, thank you. you
1: you, you got to get with that swag. That swag is
0: lit. It's on fleek. It's, yeah. They were, um, they were shirts that were heat sensitive. So you could put your hand like, on mm. the shirt, and the shirt is dark pink, and then your handprint is white. Right. And you could like design on them. Hypercolor... It's um, technology, man. Between February and May 1991, that's three months. <laughs> they sold fifty million dollars worth of Hypercolor garments. Wow! Uh, in 1992, they declared bankruptcy. Wow! So uh, it's, that seems like maybe they were a bit mismanaged.
1: That's incredible. Three
0: months, fifty million, and wow. then one year after debuting Hypercolor, they're bankrupt. Fascinating. There
1: there should be a movie about that. Martin Scorsese should make a movie about hypercolor.
0: Here's an article in Smithsonian Magazine about hypercolor t-shirts. Okay. So what a short, quick impact that was. Wow. We'll have to read that later off the air.
1: While we're on the subject. (laughs) Fascinating.
0: Damn.
1: While we're on the subject, get this. Yeah, there's pens you can turn upside down, and women in dresses are naked suddenly. What? Their, their dress falls off. It's part of the pen illusion.
0: I had one that uh, <laughs> I had one that was a bus that would drive past King Kong. Whoa! And it said Universal Studios.
1: What a great technology!
0: Yeah. Whose
1: idea was that to start making pens that had cool little that had things clear there. moving parts inside? Yeah, that had like the Eiffel Tower inside
0: or or a scantily dressed woman. I've never actually seen one of those in person. You haven't. Mm-mm. Well, it's something. <laughs> Arthur would like that. So, <laughs> so Arthur, um, Arthur, and is with his father. He's a very affable guy, uh, real dork. They are. Um, a, they, there's a new novelty store in town. Uh, John's or Joe's joke shop, joke emporium, something like that. <laughs> I've always been curious about the joke shops. There used to be a joke shop downtown, and it obviously it closed. Because why do we need a joke shop downtown?
1: Well, why does the joke a joke shop even need to exist? Mm -hmm. Like, do you think there's it's a situation where every single person in their entire life was telling them not to open this business? (laughs) Because usually, someone wants to start a business. Their parents are like, "No, you should really you know get a good job and get a solid solid position." But this is one of those situations where your parents are telling you not to do it. Your friends are telling you not to do it. Your, your, your wife, what does she know, is telling you not to do it. And you open this, this joke shop, and then you're bankrupt.
0: That's your dream. You're, you're A man in his dream, and you're standing there in the empty building, and you're like, right. Someday there's going to be a sign that <laughs> says Brighton's Yuck Yuck Manor. <laughs>
1: exactly. Now imagine... I'm going to
0: sell whoopee cushions and, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, handkerchiefs that just come out of your sleeve, and they just keep coming mm-hmm. and coming and coming. Right. Silly string...
1: See this kind of shop would work on a Harry Potter alley, but it doesn't yeah. work in, in, in muggle real life, because just picture the the uh, hypercolor story, but instead of 50 million dollars, you make fifty dollars. <laughs> How
0: much do you have to sell to cover your overhead? I mean, a lease for a storefront' let's say yeah. let's say very conservatively, uh-huh. let's say it's two thousand dollars a month, right. I have no idea how much that actually costs, but I'm sure it's more than an apartment. Mm-hmm. And then your power bills, your employees, inventory. Right. Uh, you're, 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 you're into
1: this. In, in month one, you're into it, you know, $40,000 at least. Yeah,
0: and then you're making uh, <laughs> 50 cents profit for every joy buzzer you sell. Right. Or,
1: or uh, squirting flour. Squirting flour. Or whoopee cushion. Whoopee Wait cushion. a minute. Dribble,
0: ju- Dribble glass. Do you realize I just said whoopee? Right. Well, that's the opening scene is... Uh, Arthur, going to home from school, sits down on a whoopee cushion. <laughs> his dad laughs and goes, I got you for putting that plastic fly in my coffee. <laughs> so, so him and his dad are just living this awesome life of they're joking. The one,
1: they're patronizing the joke shop. They're
0: patronizing the joke shop. Arthur's even wearing a T-shirt from the joke shop later when he shows Yick. So Yick comes in and he says, and says, oh, you put that plastic fly in my milk. So Arthur's getting a lot of mileage after this disgusting <laughs> plastic The plastic fly, fly
1: works, yeah. All right, that's a, that's a tried-and-true method, apparently.
0: Now, it's been months since I've watched this show, and I've kind of mentioned this before, but puberty hit them hard and fast. Wow. And it's really weird how they're all... Men. ...kind of enormous. No, they're just man-children. They're like... Are the voices squeaking? Their voices, no, they've got those, not squeaking, but like that kind of... It's starting to get kind of weird. Kind of weird. A child with a voice like this. And they don't look like grown-ups, though. They just look like they've been in a radiation accident and gotten <laughs> yeah. larger.
1: Teenagers don't look like grown-ups. No. They, they very much look like the Toxic Avengers.
0: And especially this when you're like 12, 13, and you're still a baby, but you're yeah. suddenly this giant...
1: Uh, it's, it's like Elephant Man. Thing, Yeah. It's like the, it's parts of their body suddenly growing. You're and it, this
0: hulking figure. Yeah.
1: It just, things aren't, you know, it's not a, not a good look.
0: So uh, the B plot in this one is, is basically that Snake is such a hunk. And Snake is kind of the weird case because he looks older than everybody. He looks like an 18-year-old. Okay. He's very tall. He's, you know, all the girls are going wild for Snake. And they repeat the phrase over and over for such a hunk. And to be fair, he does have a very bony face. <laughs>
1: Hunk. Okay.
0: Um, it's not usually the word I go to for,
1: to describe a bony face. Hunk.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So there's some shenanigans uh, with uh, setting up Snake and I believe Melanie, who has a crush on each other. Now, Kathleen, mm-hmm. who of course we remember from the eating disorder episode, who's oh, in yeah. general a very unpleasant person, she could get some redemption here by doing some behind the scenes mas- machinations to bring Snake and Melanie together. Ah. Um, the C plot is, master. uh, yeah, she's doing some, some good hearted puppet mastering. Now you might remember that Shane took acid at a concert and fell off a bridge. Harrowing. Yeah. He's still in a coma. Um, Oh wow. Uh, his buddy that gave him the acid is talking to young Tracy Morgan. Uh, is
1: it actually Tracy? Morgan? No, I
0: can't remember. I think the character's name is Tim and just looks so much like young Tracy Morgan. It's, it's hard to deal with. Hmm. And especially when you see this kid and you expect them to sound like Tracy Morgan and instead sounds like a very polite and crisp Ontarian voice. Um, yeah, but so uh, this kid that gave Shane the acid won't go visit him in the hospital. Everyone hates him now. You gave Shane acid and he jumped off a bridge. Fell, we may, he might have fallen off. We don't know if he fell or jumped off because he's in a goddamn coma. Mm-hmm. Anyway, our main plot: uh, Making Whoopee, Arthur's dad is now dating. He's dating a woman named Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized halfway through this episode that. Carol's a mailman, and then I realized Arthur's dad is also a mailman. So it's some inter-royal post dating going on here. Ah. Now Arthur is getting real upset because they're supposed to watch uh, Space Cadets on TV. Where's Arthur's mom? Is, is she dead? No, she's the lottery winner. So she's uh, she's off somewhere in town. They're planning their trip to France for the summer. Ah. Um, so his dad, you know, his dad's a mailman. His mom's now insanely wealthy. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so, they, so they live happily ever after. Yeah. So Arthur's dad won't watch the sci-fi show with them. They had plans to go to the Joke Emporium. Oh, man. And didn't go because he had to. He, he it's like going
1: out of business sale. He's like, dad, we're supposed to go.
0: <laughs> dad, <laughs> everything's 80% off. It's like a mattress store that's always <laughs> on sale. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's so sad because he's like, we're supposed to go to the Joke Emporium. He's like, but, but Arthur, we have, we have made arrangements to go bowling him and his girlfriend. So uh, the big, the big, uh, big scene in this, the highlight of the episode is uh, in the morning when Arthur goes to wake his dad up and him and Carol are in bed naked together. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Hey, yo. Whoopee. Yeah. So they've been making whoopee. Arthur, of course, freaks out and, and Carol freaks out about Arthur's freak out and dumps him, dumps the dad. Uh, so, well, they from, so they okay. went from naked in bed to, to broken I, up. I
1: get the kid yelling. What is the woman's problem? She doesn't want to
0: deal with the little fat, rich kid, I guess. Why didn't you tell me you had a kid? <laughs> yeah, because she knew, and she was nice to him. He tried to pull the whoopee cushion prank on her, and she wouldn't sit down. It was really sad. Why don't you have a seat? Oh, no, I'm fine. No, please sit down. No, that's good. She wouldn't just play
1: along. Maybe that would be a bonding moment for you and this kid.
0: Yeah, you know, farting.
1: Yeah, instead of ignoring the kid, fart with him.
0: Yeah, no, you just go bowling, and then he'd come back, and he would do the nasty. Yeah. At least he's got his gold chain still. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of things that you can do to save up and buy your old chain, Christopher writes in, I used to work with a guy who had a side business literally as a manure inspector. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ranchers would ship him samples of cow manure. Manure? Why can't I say this word? Manure? Manure. Manure? Manure. I'm going to say it like George Costanza. Manure. Is that how George says it? I think there's even an episode where he's like, why is it called manure? I, I would say manure. Manure. Uh, yeah. Th- I don't know why it's so hard for me to say. Manure? Manure. 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 you but you're you've been <laughs> talking about gerbils you, you got your tongue all uh, twisted. Yeah, I got my tongue all twisted. Ranchers would ship him samples of cow manure, and he would test it and make recommendations on changes in diet or something. Is this based on flavor? <laughs> He always had a tube of cow shit that was in a FedEx box, and he was constantly looking for a FedEx drop-off location to ship the shit off to a lab or something. We always called it Barry's cow shit business. Um, This job, in addition to being gross and earning him ridicule, seems not to be very lucrative. (laughs) I think it counts as one of the worst jobs. I like that, too, that you're trying to... (laughs) I love the idea of trying to find a FedEx drop-off location for a tube of cow shit that you've just tasted yes. and you're not making good money from it. What I like, like even more is
1: the idea that, because when we were talking about these jobs, we're talking about incorporating your art and your passion into work. Yeah. So I like to think that hopefully this guy is doing this not for the money, <laughs> but because he loves shit. It's a, yeah, it's a he side just, business. He loves working with shit. Ever since yeah. he first encountered cow pies, was it cows? Or what, what, what was it? What was the animal? Yeah, cow manure. So, cow pies. Yeah. So, when he first encountered cow pies, he was just enchanted with them. The smell, the, the texture, the flavor, the, the way they burn. You know, that's a, a good way to get a fire going.
0: Yeah, buffalo chips. That's
1: right. Mm-hmm. So, this is not about the money, Brighton, and, and, and all you cynical listeners. This is about passion and art. He just wants the perfect poo-poo.